the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Hello and welcome to the My Pet Podcast. I'm Beck and I'm joined by our resident vet, Dr. Glenn. Hello, everybody. Um, today we're going to sort of answer a few of your questions, I guess, that you might have about um, your animal health, your animal's health. So maybe you've noticed or you've thought that your pooch is oh, a little bit stiffer or walking a little bit slower or maybe even just looking a little bit older. And you might just be wondering why? Why is that? Why are they? They're not getting old. They're only a few years old. Why are they all of a sudden taking longer to get up in the morning and sort of got that oh, stiff hobble happening? What's the cause of it? So we thought we'd sort of delve into that a little bit today and see if we can... Um, put your mind at rest i guess yep. and that it does happen yep so where to start glenn so i've noticed that my pooch and i've had this problem with all my dogs so, yep. so um they just all of a sudden oh it's just you know they've got to stretch and move around and they sort of hobble and a bit sore getting out of bed in the morning yep like, look it's, it's a really common thing and it's something that people report very regularly um yep. and sometimes it's sort of not noted that much and then when you um do some um, probing on questioning mm. that it, it is happening and some people um you know are very worried and concerned about it straight up and some people um just sort of interpret it as just getting old or getting aging old, changes yep. or something going on but yeah i see lots of pets that um have changed in their mobility habits essentially yeah. so um i mean particularly at this time of year we're coming into winter um in the southern hemisphere and, and that's um a time where if you've got any you know joint troubles or um arthritic changes and yeah. that sort of thing it can certainly be highlighted um and most of these pets that if they've got a change in their gait look they're they're really not um, so their gates their walk their movement yeah step. just yep. just how, how they're moving whether it's the length of stride or or um are they symmetrical from one side to the other are they symmetrical from front to back um it's common when they first get up from a sitting or lying position yes. like when it's the same as us like being, oh, if you've been lying in one spot um, yep. for a fair amount of time if you've got anything going on whether you've you know tweaked a joint somewhere yep. just temporarily or you've got some more long-term changes happening um that will um, make it more obvious that that it comes up at this time of year but it can happen mm. happen anytime and it's yeah, it's a really common thing that some people interpret um as you know a problem and some people don't interpret it as a problem but it, it usually is and I guess um, sometimes as an owner, you might think it comes on really suddenly. You might not have noticed it or you might, um, oh, you know, those little gradual changes, they've been slowing down a little bit and yep. you can't really put your finger on what it is. And sometimes it's quite intermittent too. Like yes, um, an, initially true. you can have um, like, you know, a little bit of non-specific low-grade discomfort, lameness, yep. slow to get up and it only goes for a day or two or three and then yep. it goes away for, you know, weeks or months and, and then doesn't. Yeah, rear its head again until you know a fair way down the track but then when it does rear its head again it goes for a bit longer or it, it's a Seems little, a little, little bit, bit less subtle yeah a bit yes. worse um and that's usually an indicator that things have you know degenerated um in the more. meantime and we've got to remember that pets um unfortunately don't last as long as they pe- age people a lot do. quicker than yeah. us um and especially large breed dogs i mean you know if you're yes. a seven eight nine year old large to giant breed dog really I mean, you're getting really old yeah yep. um so even the distance sorry the difference between you know one so, um, winter to the next yeah. winter. I mean, effectively, they're 
ageing somewhere between six or eight or nine years um, in, in, that, in that time frame. Thing, yeah, yeah. Um, and and yeah, particularly those big dogs. But yeah, little dogs get degenerative changes as well. I yeah, mean, we yeah. all get. I, I sort of say everyone gets arthritis. It just depends on when you get it and how bad it is. Yeah. Um, and um, some pets are uh, unlucky on the genetic front, and they yes. they have problems. Um, you know, At quite quite early age, on in yeah. life. And and you know, I've got um, dogs under my treatment that have got. You know, quite significant joint troubles yes. at six, eight, ten months of age from um, from various joint ailments. Yeah. Um, but there's you know there's plenty of dogs at uh, ten, twelve, fourteen when the um, symptoms start coming on as well. So it's really just trying to um, see those initial symptoms and and that's the time to do something about it because we're, we're talking about arthritis. I mean, it's a it's a degenerative joint disease primarily, yes. and um, degenerative means it's, it's going to get worse over time um, but we can do stuff to uh, augment that and slow Hold down it. those changes I mean you can reverse some changes but it's um, you can really see a clinical improvement um, treated yeah. appropriately and it's really all about keeping your pet as happy as possible for as long as possible at the end of the day um, and the earlier you can you know pick up on those symptoms and uh, intervene the the slower that those things are going to degenerate hopefully that's the that's the aim. So some of those things those symptoms that we're talking about are, are the things like getting up stiff um maybe not being able to jump up on their favorite seat their couch i know my dog you know when he's having a bad sort of period it's he can't get up on the bed um they sometimes they limp like they've got a bit of a hobble happening just uneven on their feet i guess sometimes it's you know a a specific lameness trouble like on a single leg and sometimes it's just just more generalized and it's um it's you know more all round and that's when you know it can be a little bit less specific i suppose it can Um, be a bit harder to sort of pinpoint in your own mind pinpoint in your own mind and and decide you know are they you know foxing or not and and they're probably not i mean they've got no imperative to um to make themselves look sore than what they are i mean some people think that it's um they're looking for attention and that sort of thing i mean look they're they're, they're, they're they're, they're, they're probably uncomfortable (laughs) um and i mean they like the attention i'm sure and and if um yeah i'm not convinced that they can put on bung on a limp just for getting some attention i I think they've got better ways of getting attention just come up and wag their tail and and stand beside you anyway um but really it's um yeah those changes that we see um cats can be a little bit less um specific as well because i mean they tend not to have um specific lameness as much Mm -hmm. as as what dogs do i mean unfortunately dogs are you know really prone to to those cruciate troubles and and blowing knees out and that sort of thing and that sort of rapidly escalates into arthritic change and and hip dysplasia and elbow troubles cats tend to be um just more general wear and tear changes and it's more gradual more gradual but just again non-specific and from cats it's more so you know they're not jumping up on the kitchen bench where they used to or on the table like just the up and down off stuff less um as a rule so their their mobility in that way changes and and maybe not hitting top speed when they're having crazy Mm -hmm. down the hallway and that sort of thing like they're just getting um less uh, able to run around but again i mean they're they're aging as well but yes. it's it's more so the up and down off stuff um, in cats that we interpret i mean they can get specific joint swellings and, and arthritic change certainly uh, but, but that's one thing you often don't see swelling with it do you, you can not initially yeah because yeah, i mean it's only cartilage changes at yes. the start um once the um the cartilage gets damaged enough or the joint has enough inflammation and we talk about um synovitis so i mean the joints themselves are made up of um, a couple of different parts yes. um so you've got the um, articular or the joint cartilage that actually lines 
binds the bone, you know, on either end of the um, the joint surface. So and the cushy stuff. The cushy stuff, yep. or what should be the cushy stuff yes. with the lubrication and then the joint fluid in between, and that's mm-hmm. the oil in the joint, really, and that should be um, nice and thick and viscous, um, mm-hmm. and that tends to deteriorate. Um, when you've got arthritic change, it becomes more watery and, and um, sometimes more fluid, but it's less lubricating. And you get this sinovitis where the, the, the whole capsule, the, the, the soft tissue, the ligaments, the... Mm-hmm. the um, stuff that keeps the fluid in the so joint and seals the joint, the joint. Looks, yeah. yeah it's just all inflamed and then as part of that inflammation you can start to get um bony spurs and, mm-hmm. and extra bone growth and that's what really thickens the joint um significantly mm-hmm. is the bony growth plus the the fibrous changes and the extra joint fluid yep. so yeah i mean once you've got joint swelling happening you're a fair way it's down fair, the path um, yes. to um to you know fairly significant arthritic change yep. so um sometimes it's the you know the subtle symptoms um and movement changes that are first before you can you know feel or Or see see a great deal of of difference yeah and again i mean the earlier intervention the the more we can slow those those troubles down i mean and it is very hard because they obviously can't tell us what's wrong but i know with my dogs i've and it happens all the time. You see um, their way sometimes of dealing with that pain is to lick the spot yep. repeatedly. So yeah, that's they can. one thing you can notice Particularly, particularly front legs just because yes, I think it's, it's, it's closer access sort of thing. But, yep. um, but yeah, you see front leg licking a fair bit. Um, I mean, it's only half of the joints in the body sort yeah. of thing. So you, you see you know, not so much licking on the back end, but they can have a fair bit of arthritic change yep. on the back end. So, um, I mean, that's certainly one of the symptoms. And um, another sort of nonspecific uh, symptom can be uh, like, oh, look, he's getting old, he's getting yeah. grumpy. Yes, a um, little bit like depressed and agitated. Well, depressed and agitated, but also Personality like um, if you've got multiple dogs, like the older dog doesn't want the younger uh, yeah. crazy dog like, c- coming around and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. or, or like if there's children involved in mm-hmm. the house, um, yes. if, if the dog's getting, you know, cross at children where he never used to and that yep. sort of thing, like, yeah, that's always sort of for me a flag of, okay, is there, you know, pain involved? And, yes. and that's not always joint pain, but um, yeah, you see those sort of behavioural changes because you know it's uncomfortable and that winds them up and and they don't want to be you know touched and poked and and, and hurt potentially and and i mean we've been talking about um you know leg joints and that sort of thing i mean dogs and cats certainly get um neck pain back pain like arthritic change uh along those and and that can be you know very intensely painful Mm. particularly we see um you know joint troubles along the back often yeah. um, just comes in as the dog's just sitting there and it moves a little bit and it starts screaming yeah. um, and that's you know that really getting stabbed What's with a, a knife in the back sort of like pain like putting your own back out isn't yeah. it um, so that that can be you know quite debilitating yeah. and, and quite worrying for them and, and then you get this whole uh, anxiety wind up oh. of the dogs in you know chronic pain essentially and, and they can become um, you know, anxious about that yeah. and whether that's anxious about they can't settle properly and, mm-hmm. and you see these guys that they once upon a time just used to you know flop into bed then they're spinning three or five or ten times you know nesting to try and get the right position to lower themselves down and and then sometimes they can't lower themselves down effectively so they end up just sort of crashing into a spot um so yes it presents as all different forms um and treatments can be you know specific and non-specific um to try and help out with that so i guess um You've got a dog or a cat that comes in with these sort of symptoms that we've been discussing and what do you do as a vet? Do you then, um, you've taken a list of symptoms, you're thinking, oh, it's this arthritic or degeneration going on here. Do you then, you jump in and x-ray them, do some joint manipulation, see... 
No, it's just, I mean, just do, do your clinical exam the same yep. as you, you always do because, I mean, arthritis is, you know, high on the list of possibilities if it's a, a dog that's got limping troubles, but there's other, you know, obviously other um, problems that it yep. can be occasionally, like, um, you know, tumour troubles or muscle strains and, and mm. all that sort of thing. Um, but certainly if you've got, you know, joint swellings that's around the joint and, and you can feel this extra bony, you know, growth happening, that's, um, you know, that's essentially diagnostic of arthritis is that the only thing that's going on not necessarily because yeah. um, there's plenty of dogs that have got multiple arthritic joints and then they can have you know something else going yeah, on as well but if you've got symptoms of arthritis i mean regardless of the other stuff that you you know do or don't find um you can still do a lot about making them more comfortable and mm-hmm. and making their joints work as good as possible for as long as possible yeah, yeah. so uh on that what do we do what do, what do you recommend what's yep. there's a lot of products out there there's a lot of different options a lot, a lot of different options and there's not one thing that is is okay this is the cure this is yes. what's going to fix it and, and this is the only thing we're going to use like really it needs to be um, a multi-factorial approach that works in different ways on different um, parts of the joint and parts of the body and the way the body perceives pain um, to try and get the joints you know as comfortable as possible because it's not really going to be a cure is it it's it's not going to be a cure if, if, right. if you've got if you know, osteoarthritis um, yep. which is the main arthritic change that we talk about in in dogs mm-hmm. and cats there's occasional rheumatoid troubles people yep. have got you know significant rheumatoid arthritis troubles it's not that common it happens but in it's animals. not that common in animals um, so we're pretty much primarily talking about osteoarthritis um, yeah there's, there's a number of different things you can do and, and my sort of broad grouping of things is is the four things that I can do for mm-hmm. you know, for um, joint pain and, and arthritic pain. Um, certainly, an anti-inflammatory um, oil, a, a mm-hmm. omega three oil of some sort, um, I think has significant benefits, which we can talk about. Um, a joint supplement containing. Um, nutraceuticals, so basically orally active compounds that can help joint function in a number of different ways, um, I think is important. Um, And there's, uh, under the guidance and administration of your vet, um, there's a course of injections um, of a medication called um, Pentasan, Pentasan polysulfate. Um, There's a few other injectable medications that are combined or on their own as well that that are getting used now as well that um, can certainly significantly improve joint function and improve blood supply to cartilage and lubricating effect the joint fluid and that sort of thing so that's the third um, component and the fourth component is some pets you know just need anti-inflammatory pain relief relief. of some sort that makes them more comfortable Mm -hmm. and also reduces active inflammation um, and some of the medication you know Mm -hmm change the way that the body perceives pain yeah. um, which is different to anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. um, so yeah it's four main groupings of um, uh, omega-3 options. oil supplement of some sort a joint supplement of some sort um, certainly strongly consider um, pentasand some joint injections and that's not injecting into the joint that's an injection just underneath the skin that works on the whole um, body joint situation um, and some of them need oral medications at the end of the day mm-hmm. um, and the first three um, you know, if you can get things working as good as possible for as long as possible i mean that's definitely the the, the best outcome um and when that's not working enough to give them quality of life then you can consider the you know the anti-inflammatory medication yep. and the anti-inflammatories um i mean they're they're no prescription medication and and you know some of the oral supplements are, are without um 
no side effects, so yes. you've got to take that into account. Um, and there's other testing and things you can do to, to, um, to check establish the what's, functions, yeah, what's, functions, what's yeah. the, the most appropriate medication um, for that. But you can, you know, I've had... But hopefully that's sort of the last resort. Last like, resort, but um, I sort of talk about if if they're better on it than off it, well, they're probably better yes. on it. Um, yep. And particularly with hind leg structures like the hip mm-hmm. joint and the knee joint in particular, they're strongly supported by the musculature around mm-hmm. them. So you get these dogs that... Um, they're uncomfortable, so they're doing less exercise, they're moving around yeah. less, and so you get muscle wastage happening. Yes. And, and if the hip's the problem and you use it less and, and the muscle withers away, it's hard to come back from there and, and it's yes. losing its support, so it's probably getting worse faster. Yes, so if you can have them more comfortable um, and whether that means you know that they need anti-inflammatories or would benefit from anti-inflammatory painkillers, if you, if that means that they can you know move more yep. um, and maintain that muscle mass and, and that joint supplement, which hopefully slows down the progression of the disease Um, because you're just starting from you know um closer to a normal state and further away from a very abnormal yes. state essentially yeah so um and look i mean comfort's a big part of it as oh, well of so course. you don't um, want them in pain you know, so in pain so um, if it's not going everything to do them works anyway, better yes. yeah um and again it's not my first you know it's not the first choice medication no. um in the absence of everything else because you know if a dog's lameness you can put on anti-inflammatories and, and it's very likely it's going to feel better yeah. but it's not actually improving the joint function and all the other things that you want to um, maintain in the long term it's really treating the symptom not the cause treating, I guess. treating the symptom and and you know if you can do the other stuff that makes them function better and be less uncomfortable so you need you know less or no yeah. anti-inflammatories well i mean that's obviously a better situation yeah. to be in yeah so i guess um those the injections and the and inflammatories are up to a vet. Yes. That's, we're getting those administered by yep. a vet. So for the other things that um, us owners can do and help help stop this um, complete degeneration and help um, make our dogs feel better or our cats feel better, yep. uh, what are these options? So you talked about the fish oil, so um, the omega-3 oils. Yep. So... so- there is lots and lots of products on the market. Um, if we had this conversation 10 years ago, I'd be talking about mm. three or four products probably. Yep. Um, and now it's probably more like 300 potentially. Yeah. You know, there's lots of different products out there. There's a lot of um, there. And, and research a, saying that it works for a lot of different things, isn't it? Yeah, there is. Um, and, I mean, there's more and more published data coming through and, and some of that data is, you know, not that strong and, and yep. some of it's um, reasonably strong and... Um, I mean, to me, the broad groupings of, um, you know, anti-inflammatory effect from omega-3 um, or a, um, a fish oil supplement yep. or a plant-based omega-3 oil supplement, I think, is certainly beneficial. Um, the way that works is it, it just tips the body's inflammatory pathways into a less inflamed, less agitated state, essentially. So um, whether that's um, a straight supplement um, that you're giving orally, um, yep that's registered for veterinary use and some people use you know human fish oil capsules and all that sort of yep. thing um but there's you know there's plenty of veterinary registered products that there have, is, have got a prescribed dose rate um yeah. and um and you know you know what the ratios are and that sort of thing so um you can deliver that as a straight supplement and a lot of people are using some of the other supplements that are fishy smelling like mm. the green lip muscle extracts and that sort of thing and they've got their own benefit which we'll talk about but it really needs to be an, an oil based supplement to have an anti-inflammatory effect or um, you're using a food that's already got high high levels of omega-3 oils and and there's a number of the um the you know the premium um veterinary brand foods that have got uh joint formulas essentially specifically developed just um saying to help 
support good joint health. That's right. So they've got the combinations of omega-3 oils and they've also got um, some of the joint supplements. They haven't got every type of joint supplement in there, but they've got um, medications in there that help with um, joint health, certainly, and and they're usually low in... Um, calories because you know we don't o- want them being o- overweight <laughs> dogs is half the reason why they get arthritis and, yes. and half the reason why they stay bad um but those um those diets are certainly beneficial um if you want to just do you know one thing and, and that's trying to mm-hmm. cover for you know all those bases um in one mm-hmm. yep um, so the fish the fish oil or omega-3 oils we just Squirt that onto the feed and... Yep, squirt on top of the dinner. I mean, usually it it's, like it's, usually it's palatable. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, the some, dog, there's some that are based on fish oil and some of them are, are based more on, like, plant-based yes. omega-3s and that's usually flaxseed oil or, um, you mm-hmm. know, a few hemp oils and that sort of thing. Um, so they um, are usually palatable um, and it needs to be something that's palatable at the end of the day because you don't want exactly. to have to orally syringe something mm-hmm. into your dog daily. But, I mean, you know, I'd say 95% of dogs um, happily eat it because it smells fishy or it's... Yeah. Fat tastes good and oil tastes good. They so do. They, they tend usually to like it on top of dinner. It doesn't yeah. smell the greatest to us, but no. they don't mind it. But it's actually got quite a they've got quite a strong smell. That's really. dogs being dogs, yeah. I yep. mean fish is good. And the same with cats. I mean, you know, fish yeah. um taste for, is usually good for yeah, most cats. So um they don't mind it. And look, I usually say um, to people that have got pets that have got clinical symptoms of troubles, uh-huh. um, I think sixty to seventy percent of cases you see a, a clinical improvement if that's all you do. Just with um, fish and, and I'm not advocating that's all you do, but if that's the only thing you change, uh-huh. yeah, I think sixty it's to seventy percent of cases you'll you'll see a, a clinical improvement uh-huh. sort of thing, um, which means it's thirty forty percent that don't. Yes, um, course, but right. that thirty forty percent are still likely deriving benefit from it. That's right. They're still um, probably better off for having it. Yeah, and at the end of the day, like, like the the. Um, oil supplements are not particularly expensive. Like they're they're pretty, no, they're reasonably pretty, tri- um, priced. Value. We've got a lot of different oil supplements yeah. um, on the Vet and Pet Direct website. If you are looking for something, um, of course, each one comes with its own recommended dose, basically Correct. on the back. So you yeah. just uh, because of the concentration of the product, yeah. so just and, and check be guided through. by that, and and be guided by your veterinarian as well if of they're course, if they've yes. got a um, and, you know, specific indication that, that they recommend as yes. well. Yeah. And so the next thing is uh, these other um, forms of supplements. Yep. So this is a bit of a tricky thing because, as Glenn said, there are hundreds of products. There's lots, lots and lots <laughs> of different ones. And, and, I mean, there's, again, a few broad groupings within that. Um, certainly there's lots of um, evidence both in human medicine and um, veterinary medicine of the benefits of a glucosamine supplement. Yes. Um, so I sort of grouped them into um, ones that contain glucosamine, ones that contain chondroitin, which is um, a different medication that has you know, a different effect on the joint, but certainly positive. Um, MSM, which is a um, sulfate-based um, chemical essentially that is in um, some of the joint supplements it has um, an anti-inflammatory effect on its own um, so that's in some supplements so there's those three um, active ingredients that have certainly got you know a fair bit of data behind them um, and then there's um, the other sort of nutraceuticals that go down the path of um, certainly rosehip vital and the turmerics and the mm-hmm. um, curcumins um, which have um, got veterinary braced products coming through um, yeah, in those now to come which a bit more. Um, have got some um, scientific data behind them certainly got lots of anecdotes and and lots of people that are you know happy on them and yes. and it's you know at the end of the day it's really unlikely they're going to cause any troubles mm-hmm. um so it's probably just not as much research I guess, not as much research them. to back up but i mean research yep. is hard because it's really only companies that are um, selling mm. stuff that are, have got 
the money. Any money to fund <laughs> yes. trials um, and you know to have peer-reviewed scientific papers published that stand up to scientific scrutiny, that's you know, quite an expensive yeah, undertaking. Process, yeah. um, and finding you know groups of dogs that have got arthritis that you um, treat some of them and don't treat others gets difficult yes. yeah um so that's sort of the main groupings and and you know there's not one um supplement within that i mean 10 or 15 years ago i mean sasha's blend's probably been out for 20 years i think oh, and i've been out for as long 23 as years think, and I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was around when i first graduated um yeah. and there's you know a fair few equivalents to that now um certainly joint guards are another popular supplement yes, um, that, that people take and people use um for their pets so there's heaps of different options out there but i mean for me i'd certainly tick off the glucosamine and chondroitin sort of things but, i mean i think that's probably you know 80 percent of um, the benefit you can get from okay. the oral supplements um and if you want to go down the path of of the other nutraceuticals you know i think some dogs benefit from them mm-hmm. it's difficult to know um when you're doing multiple things which one's giving you yeah. the effect sort of thing and and i mean i usually recommend you know if i have a pet that that has nearly um presented with arthritic change it's it's do the fish oil you know pick your joint supplement do that as well yep. um preferably do the injections then to, to get the ball mm-hmm. rolling as as good as possible for the joints and then you know do they need any inflammatories in the short term um to get them more comfortable yes, while everything well, else is working but it does make it difficult to interpret you know what's helping and what's not it yeah. can do i guess but um so back back on supplements these all these supplements we get asked all the time what should i use it that is a really hard question you've said look for the chondroitin and the glucosamine yeah um there's but that really doesn't narrow it down all that much. <laughs> it, it doesn't. I mean, and, I mean, I hate picking favourites yeah. and, and, you know, different vets have got different um, preferences. Yes. Um, and because there's so many out there, so many products out there, I mean, a lot of time it's it's just what you're used to using to a certain extent. I mean, I know in my um, practice I um, use um, both Sasha's Blend and Pernier's powder yes. and they're, you know, similar constituents for a glucosamine chondroitin supplement mm-hmm. based on shark cartilage and abalone and greenlit muscle. Um, foresight is similar to that, which is a little pelletised yep. um, supplement um, for dogs and there's a, a gel um, and yeah, a pellet yeah. that you can use for horses as well. Um, it is basically glucosamine and chondrite yes. from similar ingredients to Sasha's Blend plus an a extract of a type of mint plant that there's some published data suggests that you can um, support cartilage function and maybe grow back some cartilage cells mm-hmm. um, using that. So that's you know, that would be beneficial to, mm. to have in the mix, certainly. There's a lot of different um, delivery options and, ty- and flavourings as well, which is yep. another thing. Because we've got thing. some chews as well yep. in the so you've got, some poor you know, osteo the, chews. The, there's lots of powder. tablets. Yep, yeah. pa- there's tablets, there's capsules, um, there's you know powders, um, and there's the little you know, treaty Gel. types. Um, there's a few gels. Um, the little pellets. The little pellets. <laughs> um, there's not many liquids in those um, no. because they're you know different sort of constituents um but yeah there's you know and the joint guard powder like some of them are uh, are not designed to taste like anything so they can yes. they can be sort of hidden in food quite easily um and some of them are just because they're derived from you know uh, green lip muscle and char- cartilage fishy. i mean they taste pretty fishy anyway yep. yeah a couple um, of them have got like a liver or a beef flavoring yep, to them they've got as a well. base to them and, and i think there's um the sasha blend flexi bites might be venison based oh, yeah, i think, think um just like and um sea flex is one that's registered for um dog and cats it's um you know it's it's fishy tasting yes um yeah cats has less options and again it's one of those things that um unfortunately cats make up a smaller percentage of the um population of pets that go um to vets and get money spent on them Mm. to some extent so um that makes the um funding base smaller for their 
published data studies and that yep. sort of thing. So um, you need to um, just think about that when you when you're buying you know, medications. It's it's best to buy something that's registered for those pets. Um, obviously, you can go with your veterinary advice as well as to what um, supplement they think would be best for your circumstance as well. And that's um, something else uh, quite good to mention actually is the something that is. Um tested on your pets we don't need to be sharing our own personal medication with our dogs no, and cats and i mean look i mean some of the ingredients are quite similar, similar yes. yeah i mean glucosamine chondroitin has been used in humans know, forever. Arthritis <laughs> for, for people but i mean for me a lot of it's just the palatability factor i mean yeah. um people supplements are designed usually to be as flavorless as possible mm. um, and, and, and capsules and tablets that are as easy to swallow as possible which usually isn't the case in, in the no, dog world dog. so i mean it's better to be able to you know just if they stick it on top of dinner and that's the first thing they lick off and they like it well that's better than um having to give them you know capsules and tablets because long term i mean you know hopefully you're looking at um you know your pet being around for as long as possible um, which means that you may well be you know medicating its arthritis for you know a significant amount of time that that's um another thing as glenn said this can start to show up very young in their life and I mean, there's some of them are really still puppies, and they need to go on some form of joint supplement, yeah, don't yeah. they? Or even you know, there's you know, plenty of dogs at at six, seven, eight years of age. I mean, that's you know, mid fifties. There's plenty of people that, right. that get you know, a bung knee or a bung shoulder or a bung elbow or something when they're in their you know, forties and fifties. Yeah. And, and in the dog world, well, if you you know, got a bung knee when you're seven or eight, that's middle um, age. Hopefully, you're still going to be around when you're fourteen or fifteen. Yes. You know, as part of the family. So you're looking at long term administration of these yes. medications, um, and the easier that is, and the more palatable it is. Uh, Easy for certainly the better yeah yes. yeah and it is um something as again you can, just pops up at any point in their life sometimes like it, it can i mean you know there's specific most. conditions you know early on but you know it can be injury based as well i mean you, they can have you know a traumatic injury of some sort and again we come back to cruciates in dogs i mean it's just the most common orthopedic injury that we see unfortunately but i mean there's plenty of dogs get um seismoidosis little um toe changes where they mm-hmm. get arthritic changes at like six to twelve you know months yeah. of age and, and that settles down as a rule but they can have some arthritic changes from there um and look elbow troubles are common shoulder troubles are common and you know just wear and tear i mean plenty of dogs out there love chasing balls and fly ball and that sort of thing yes. it's pretty hard on joints i mean there's sudden stops and turns and, and pivots happening and and you know it's just wear and tear they're athletic <laughs> absolutely and, and i mean you want them to run around and and, and you know be athletic um, so that helps your muscle growth and that like more yeah. muscle support is what supports your bones and keeps yeah. them healthy so, yeah. so i mean you don't want them doing nothing but you, you don't you know you want them wearing out as little as possible yes. but these things are okay when there's wear and tear happening um that's the time to, to do something about it because you, you again you're just trying to make their life as happy as possible for as long as possible yeah you um, did briefly mention about the weight situation mm-hmm. and it is really important to keep the weight off well it's really important to keep them off all animals really we don't want any overweight that's right because that leads to a whole lot of issues but yeah. it definitely contributes to um joint and arthritis absolutely problems in and, pets and that's um yeah unfortunately you're I think probably 67% of the pets I see are significantly overweight um, and yeah. that sort of goes with the, the clinical data studies as well um, and they just wear out faster you know the, it, it causes more you know specific troubles like cruciate ligament damage mm-hmm. and that sort of thing um, but you know if your pet is 10 20 30% heavier than what it ideally should be you know those joints are just going to wear out faster and they're going to wear out you know worse than what they should have done and then um, once they've already got arthritic change well that can't of, fix often means that you know they might be less mobile and less active than than yeah. otherwise because they've got some discomfort and they start um, putting on more it weight. doesn't 
make it any easier for him to lose weight. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it still comes down um, at the end of the day to a um, a, a food problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can't Too really much. well. If you've already got exercise um, insufficiency troubles mm-hmm. with pain, I mean, you can't exercise them more anyway. Right. But you can't exercise a bad diet, unfortunately. Yeah. Some people, so it's um you know they they likely just need less food, yes. um, and that's not going to happen straight away. So if you've got a dog that suddenly presents with you know a sore leg from arthritic change, um, you can't make big inroads into its body weight you know in a couple of week period. Um, so a lot of the time it's starting off on the joint supplements and the omega three oil supplement and and the other medications, and then you know in four to six months time, hopefully um, approaching a more appropriate weight. But yes. that's got to be the long term goal. Yeah, um, and look, I see plenty of pets that need at the start everything, including the anti-inflammatories and painkillers yeah. and everything else. Um, but then once their weights you know back under control with mm-hmm. mum mum and dad are good um and, you know, and controlling that oh look, it, 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 it is hard. hard but you know you've just got to think about what's best for the pet is, um, yeah. and i look at the end of the day i tell people what the most dogs would like to eat is up mm. the ceiling somewhere yep. and the amount they need is about <laughs> waist level somewhere we um, do tend to overfeed them yeah and, we, so. and it's easy to do because they're you know they're little animals in general even yeah. you know, a big dog's smaller than most people and and um you know the amount the volume they get can be excessive a lot of the time yeah um and if it's in the bowl they're probably going to eat it there's not many dogs can (laughs) self-regulate um so yeah look i mean yeah a lot of the cause the problem is is you know being Mm. too heavy um as i said i mean you know all pets if they last long enough you know are going to get arthritis but they're going to get earlier and worse if they've been overweight for a significant portion of their life certainly so it's just something to you know Except once you've got arthritic change, you know, there is an ideal body weight, and if the pet's not at that, you know, long term, that's got to be a goal to yes. um to get them to where they should be. Yep. Yeah, and that's going to keep them as happy as possible for as long as possible. Yeah. So we've we've discussed it, but managing arthritis um, and joint changes, it's a long term and it's a lifetime thing. It's not something where we go. Oh, look, you know, it's summer, they're going to be right now. They're yeah, getting over that cold stiffness. Yeah, and and it, well, clinically it may be less obvious, yes. um, but the medications and the supplements that we're using, like, it's not just to relieve their pain, it's to try and, um, again, make those joints as good as possible. Okay. Um, and just because they have improved and they're not showing symptoms doesn't mean that, that everything's gone away. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, basically I recommend once you start these um uh, particularly the joint supplements and the, mm-hmm. and the, um, the omega-3s and, and probably the injections as well. Once you start those things, it, it is going to be a lifelong thing to get everything as good as possible. Yeah. And I know, I know that can be hard. Um, I mean, we definitely see an increase in, um, as you would see, an increase in probably arthritis classes. Oh, we see an increase in the supplements um, being purchased yep. coming into those these colder winter months. Yep. And it, it can be easier, I guess, easy to forget coming over that summer. Oh, they, you know, they're looking a bit better. Yeah. You know, we won't worry we, about we, those we, injections and the medication. Which is, you know, normal to, um, you know, to think, okay, we, we're, yeah. better, we're better, so we're better. But it's the symptoms are better, but the underlying cause of the problem is That's likely right. still it's there. Um, it's just not causing as much clinical symptoms. And, and again, um, because of the way it works on joint function, like you can have an improvement um, and things are going well, mm-hmm. uh, and then you can stop the medication and it doesn't seem to make any difference. Yes. But that's because the joints are working better. They're healthier um, than and, they were. And, you know, it can take some time to then, you know, deteriorate again. That yeah. might be weeks or months um, until you sort of lose that um, that uh, supplemented joint yes. um, state to a certain extent. So, yeah, I mean, once it's a degenerative condition that, that isn't going to be cured, so you, you've really got to um, think about keeping them on at long term. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
on that though, I just I think I was talking to you about it the other day actually. The um, why is it that our pets or even ourselves gets a bit slower and stiffer and take a little bit of time to warm up in these colder months? What's the real cause behind that? Um, I mean the, the lubricating fluid in the joints. I mean it is a, a, a viscous, thick oil that mm. gets um, more supple as it. You know, physically warms up. warms up basically so i mean you know butter's um stiff yeah. and hard at, at fridge temperature and mm-hmm. room temperature it's a bit softer and then you you know on a right, hot, hot right. day you leave it out it's it's you know it's very mm-hmm. um liquid so it, it's similar in the joints basically i mean they um you do warm up out of yes. troubles um and and it's that's temperature related mm-hmm. um and the once they start moving all well, there's internal temperature rises Rises, um so yeah so it just it doesn't mean the joints are any worse in winter than they were in summer Mm -hmm. it's just um it causes more discomfort because they're just not working as well and that's that early stage thing of you know they might be only stiff and sore for a couple steps and then they're Mm -hmm. okay and then you know two months later it's a few more steps and Mm -hmm. two months after that it's it's a few more steps um and i guess that's why we probably notice it more in winter yeah absolutely because it's it's just cooler and i mean if your pet's outside or even if they're inside and you know the ambient temperature is cooler um that makes a difference and, and pets that have already got arthritis, I mean, most of them are happier, you know, with a dog rug on yeah. um, if they're outside or even if they're inside. Um, you know, <laughs> dog a, rug, a, I like a, it. A, a warm spot um, <laughs> because yeah, it does make a difference clinically to how they're, um, how supple their feeling uh-huh. is. You know, the cooler they are, the more likely they are to be stiff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, well, you got anything else to add on the sort no, of look, it's, I mean... Would certainly always recommend you know, getting a diagnosis. Of course, um, if you see any sort of pain in your pet, you really need to get them seen by a vet. Yeah, to I'd, I'd ideally determine. just because you know you don't know what's going on, no, that's um, right. and particularly you know if you start down the path of giving supplements and don't see any changes, um, or if things get worse, yes. I mean again, you know, it's getting checked out and make sure there's nothing else going on because um, those prescription medications, particularly early on, um, can certainly be of significant benefit, mm-hmm. um, and particularly those injections. I mean, for me, like we've been using. Um, Penisand for about 25 years in mm-hmm. veterinary practice. It's it's really been, um, you know, singly the most successful thing you can do. I mean, the supplements definitely help, um, but the, the injections, you know, work significantly um, to improve that joint function, and it is really important to um, to think about doing that as well. So, um, the injection. There is Pentasam, but there are a lot of different names. That there's yeah, it's, it's like a number of different brands, brands um, yes, of it, basically. So and, and there's a couple that have got, um, yeah, that have got uh, a different medication yes. in there as well, um, injectable form um, that can give some uh, additional relief in yes. some pets as well. Um, but essentially, it's the only way they're registered is once a week for four weeks um, mm-hmm. uh, under the skin, and, and it works you know, on a body weight basis yes. essentially. Um, and then it lasts in most pets for six to nine months, mm-hmm. um, and then it starts to wear off. Um, so so again, the only way it's registered is the once a week, four weeks of the course, and then you do another course when you need to, which yep. is a little bit rubbery. Um, most vets off-label um, tend to recommend um, single injection top-ups. Um, mm-hmm. That's their prerogative, um, and that's my prerogative to a certain yep. extent. Um, but it, it <laughs> just depends on – yeah, case by case, and just depends on the individual assessment of the animal and, and discussions with the client, essentially. But, I mean, yes. it's very effective. It does improve um, that blood supply to the cartilage and the actual mm-hmm. lubricating effect of the joint fluid helps to support the blood supply to the cartilage um, and the synovium, so that, that capsule around the joint. Um, and in my opinion and a lot of its opinion, it certainly um, – 
probably helps the uptake and the benefit from a lot of the joint supplements, particularly yes. the glucosamine so and chondroitin. Working hand in hand working again. Working hand in hand, it? yeah, because the, the injections help um, the supplement to get into the joint better. Yes. Um, and the um, supplement being there helps the injections work better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's that synergy effect of, of they're not all working in isolation, essentially. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but no, it's very effective stuff. Yeah, so I know both of my dogs over the past, or I think the last three dogs have all been on it. Yeah. Um, thanks to you. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we definitely see an improvement in it. So I can definitely vouch from my own um, experience on that one. So. Yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. And look, I mean, and most of those medications, I mean, they're, they're very safe yeah, um, long term. And I mean, again, there's monitoring protocols in, in, mm-hmm. in place there. I mean, I've got Dalmatians as my um, dog, dog of choice. And old Bonnie, she um, had quite severe arthritis from yeah, when she was eight or nine. Um, and um, I euthanized her when she was 19. So she had essentially 10 years on pretty much everything that yeah. you could throw at her. Um, and when she was on it she was really comfortable um and if you missed a day of anti-inflammatory she was pretty decrepit but um but yeah you know it's i've got you know stacks of pets that are on you know long-term medication for for years with with no ill effects and if they're not on it they're in considerable discomfort and if they're on it they're a hell of a lot more comfortable so that's that's the benefit of it certainly it's really um of benefit to pet and it's good for your pet it's just the owner compliance i guess on that that is the trickier part it, it, it can be um but you know just case by case basis, and, mm-hmm. and all you can do is offer, you know, what in my opinion is best for the pet, and, and then yep. it's up to the owners to um, to decide on which pathway and, and what they want to do. Essentially, yeah. it's just we're just there to, um, yeah, to guide things. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure, but I think we've um, probably, hopefully, answered all your questions with why your pooch or cat might be seeming a little bit stiff, sore, or looking a little bit older. They may not actually be getting too much older but it could yeah be the ca- calendar hasn't changed a lot but there's yeah, yeah. There's the, it's to rule out joint changes yeah. to start with essentially yeah it's um it, it's, it's, it's a big common. it's a big common problem yeah. yeah so it's definitely you're not alone in that it's, it's one of your most common things that you'll yeah. see in the vet clinic absolutely through, so yeah. um it's definitely definitely something we can help them with at least is yep. what's it's good to know absolutely so. and the, there's lots of options there and, and it's just really go through step by step and and um, assess what's going on and, and be guided in what's going on and, and go from there yeah work with your vet yep. and um of course we've at vet and pet direct if you jump online we have um a lot of these pretty much most of them that are available here in australia um on our website for purchase in the way of form of supplements and your fish oils and your omega oils also in the vet and pet direct help center there's um a lot more information on arthritis osteoarthritis and joint degeneration so if um you wanted a little bit more information on it um, be sure to jump on there and um if we haven't answered your questions you can shoot us through an email and we will um certainly do our best to answer that for you um other than that, I think that's all I've sort of got to say. Um, just thanks for listening. And um, as always, it's just been um, general discussion and general advice, which may or may not be suitable for your pet. And um, if you ever do have any concerns, health concerns or you th- anything that you're concerned about with your pets, take them to the vet. Just get them checked because as they can't talk to us, we sort of have to rely on our vets to... Um, talk for them help out that's right dr do a little whisperer style that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah glenn's really good at that yep <laughs> all right well i think that's all we've got for you today right so on. thanks very much for joining us thanks guys thanks bye See you.